In 1960, Eli Wiesel published Night, an autobiographical account of his survival as a teenager in the Nazi death camps. In section four of Night, he recounts a story of watching a child being hung and slowly dying. It is the kind of story we rarely bring ourselves to read about or look at or consider. It is just too much. For Wiesel, the hanging was the moment the faith of his own childhood died. He'd never questioned God. He was a, a faithful Jew, steadfast in his duties, his prayers, his convictions. But that moment, it was just too much. The truth is, if we live this life long enough, all of us face a moment or even a season where it's just too much. Even if we, we try to hide from it or look away from it or, or keep a positive attitude, something that is just too much eventually makes its way to us. It may be the pain of an ongoing injustice. It may be the pain of an ongoing addiction or abuse. May it be the pain of a body not healing, not repairing, not working like it used to. It may be the pain upon receiving the diagnosis. It may be the pain of another shooting. It may be the pain of the church failing us or failing neighbors. It may be the pain of of us failing others, failing God, failing ourselves. It may be the pain of a once dear friend, a once dear spouse, a once dear child, now estranged. It may be the pain of seeing children suffer, and of course it may well be the pain of knowing the loss of a loved one. We often try to avoid or, or not think so much about or just numb a lot of that. But live this life long enough and all of us will know the kind of pain or sin or exasperation where at least for a moment, if not an entire season, it brings the faith of our childhood to its knees. It's just too much. It must seem an, seem an odd and awful thing at first glance then that all four of the Gospels take an extended amount of time to tell the story of Jesus' betrayal, trial, and crucifixion. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The writers, they slow the pace of their narrative and so have a stare upon the just-too-much reality of the cross. They will not allow us to avoid it or skip it. And so even in our scripture today, we see the shame of God being stripped naked and mocked, mocked in public with his mother below. We see the 39 lashes upon his body and the crown of thorns cutting into his head. We see, all the, see the nails that hold his hands that have healed so many and hold his feet which have carried him into so many homes and so many hearts. 
We hear his cries given amid three hours of gasping breath, including, I am thirsty. Why do the gospel writers insist on this slow narrative pace through such excruciating evil? Why must we look straight upon that which is just too much? As Wiesel watched that hanging in the Nazi death camp, he heard a man walk beside him, behind him and ask, Where is God now? And then Wiesel, he hears a voice within respond, Where is God? He is here. He is hanging here on this gallows. We look upon the cross because, quite frankly, that is where our God is. The cross declares ours as a God who enters into the depth of all pain and injustice, sin and death. He knows the deepest thirsts of our bodies and our souls. He knows the places of unquenched pains and unquenched longings. If we're looking for where God is amid the pain and the hurt, the sin and the evil, look not around or, 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 or beyond or, or over, but look right into it. Ours is a God who loves by entering into the depths of that which is just too much. Mother Teresa had a sign placed above the entrance to the chapel in all of her missions around the world. It read very simply, I thirst, comma, I quench. She understood that precisely because Jesus thirsts, he also quenched thirst. Precisely because Jesus thirsted at the most painful, sinful depths known to humanity. He was living water in those most painful, sinful depths. We have a God who empathizes fully with all that we experience, and it is such empathy that satiates. Think of some of those who have sat with you in the darkest moments. Some who have sat amid the tears or the bitterness, the rage or the extended silence, the shame, the exasperation. I doubt they had answers, but I bet those whose presence proved most soul satiating to you were the ones who somehow communicated a gracious and deep Empathy. Their souls, one way or another, communicated to your soul, me too. Us too. The ones who entered into the pain and so loved, they were the ones who proved to be the body of Christ unto us. They were the ones through whom living water was received. Many are wondering where God is in these recent days. I invite you to let this Good Friday draw us back to the church's most fundamental response. The cross declares that we look not away, but directly into the mess. 
into the sin, into the uncertainty, into the things that are just too much and declare there, there he is, forgiving us, weeping with us, aching with us, loving us. And we not only look unto such darkness, the truth is the church also walks toward it. We are the people who sit in empathy with those who weep and those who question, those who regret and those who ache. Because we are people of the cross. And even though we do not nearly have all the answers, we know one thing for certain. The cross is where the body of Christ goes. And by some miracle we can hardly articulate right there in the grave, there shall be living water. Amen.